let's go right quick to the word of the living God. Are you excited to receive God's word? I started something on Wednesday that I would like to finish today. And obviously we are in this series that I've titled How to Get Ahead Financially. But today I'm going to be dealing with intangible wealth versus tangible or visible wealth. And this is going to be, uh, you know, um, a continuation of what I started on Wednesday. Church, I want you to know that all these things I'm preaching is for your own benefit. Go and revisit them. If you are struggling financially, you must sit down with these things. Meditate on these things. The Bible says so that your profiting will appear to all. The problem with the church is that we do not know what it takes to come out of poverty. We think it's because we work hard, we went to school. No! There are some things you must know. Things you must know. I remember when I was struggling financially. The first thing I did was not to find ask God questions. I knew there were certain things I don't know. I knew. I knew. A day came when I could not pay my rent. I've shared this testimony with you guys many times. I couldn't pay the rent of a two-bedroom flat that we were renting for 880 rents. And my wife was pregnant of Kion. And I was owing two months rent. And I didn't have, this boy here didn't have 1,700 rand to pay for two months rent. And I've been born again. I speak in tongues. I love Jesus. And I say, Lord, what is the challenge? Where am I going wrong? I'm ready to be an arm robber today or a drug dealer if you don't show me the way out. And then I went on a three days fast. On this three days journey, no food, no water, sat at home. And I was fasting. I took just one message and my Bible. My wife, when I married her, had this small box of radio that has CD on top, cassette on the, so it was a cassette. An old message titled, uh, uh, what, what was the title again? Uh, something about finances by Bishop David Oyedem. So I, I listened to this message. He kept playing. He kept playing. I will rewind. It will play again. Rewind. I'm talking almost 20 years ago. It will rewind and rewind. I'll play it again. On the third day, boy, I was in the house alone. And I heard this voice. My son, if you want to prosper, you need to be consistent. That was the answer I needed. And that was it. I knew I had broken out of poverty. As soon as I heard those words from God. Because what I used to do sometimes, when things are tough, I won't pay my tithe. When I'm down, I won't pray. When I'm, you know, sometimes some of these natural situations want to condition our work with God. And so I knew that I was breaking out that day. I remember my wife coming back. I was so excited when she knocked on the door to say to her, baby, we will never be poor again. And that was where it ended. I can tell you, you can make up your mind to walk out of poverty today. You can make up, make up your mind in this service that you will never suffer financial struggle again. This thing doesn't take anything. Listen, you are not rich because you have money. You are not poor because you don't have money. Poverty is a mindset. The moment you start thinking and feeling poor in your mind, I don't have in your mind, you will stay there. It's a mindset. Most people who are wealthy today, 
most of them don't have paper money around them. They don't. And so today, I want to talk to you about tangible and intangible wealth. A lot of us are stuck to the visible, physical paper that you call money. And that's not the real wealth. Actual wealth is value. Am I communicating? Real wealth is what? It's value. It's value. Amen, somebody. Let me pick up this hundred rand note. Somebody gave on the altar. Now, if you look at this note, when you take this note to a shop to buy anything, what you do is that when they tell you something is of value of hundred rand, what do you do? You present this paper. So the person that you are buying it from gets this because of the value he's presenting to you. That real money is value. It's not all these things you are pursuing. Just build value. Build value. There's a reason why a doctor is paid more than a, a nurse or a security man. There's a reason. It's all in value. Say amen. It's all in what? Value. It depends on your value. And so today, I want to, I want to, please pay attention to what I'm going to teach you today. Pay attention. Because I, I, my, my aim is to make sure that I switch your mindset. The African child is suffering. The African child is a mess because of what we do not know. What we don't know. I'm going to start from where we started last week. Genesis chapter 25 and verse 27 to 34. Genesis 25 verses 27 to 34. Put that for us on the screen. The Bible says, And the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field, and Jacob was a plain man, dwelling in tents. Please pay attention. Next verse. Next verse, quickly. And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of, the, of his venison. But Rebekah loved Jacob. Keep going. Keep going. And Jacob sought pottage. So he was preparing pottage at home. And Esau came back from the field and he was hungry or he was fainting. Nazareth. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. Keep going. And Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. Sell me what? What did he say he should sell him? Alright, and Esau said, Behold, I am at the point of death. What profit shall this birthright do to me? Next verse. And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Keep going. And Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lintels, and he did eat and drink, and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau did what? He despised his birthright. Father, bless the ministration of your word. Amen. Church, I started last week by saying to us that Jesus was teaching us in Matthew chapter 19 and chapter 6 and verse 19. The Bible said that we should lay not up treasures for ourselves on the earth, on this earth where moth, where rust and where thieves do break in. He said, but we should lay up treasures for ourselves where? In heaven, where neither moth nor rust not a dot corrupt where thieves do not break through. Why was Jesus saying it? He's saying that there is an invisible place that you can keep your treasure. 
that if all your treasures are in this world, something could happen to it. I mean, if your treasure is your car, God forbid you live here and, and that car is in, involved in an accident. That's it. If your treasure is in a house, one disaster can happen. One thing or the other can happen. If your treasure is in paper money, whatever it is, it says on the earth, as long as it's on the earth, circumstances could eat it up. Economies can crash and your money has no value. He says, but lay up treasures for yourself in heaven where all these things cannot affect. What was he trying to say? Do not bank yourself. Don't put your bank all your hope on tangible, visible things. Can I hear an amen? I know that's what the word, what the word sees and that's what we were taught to go look at. That's what everybody looks at. Amen, somebody. But you know, the story that we read is about two boys, brothers. They were twins, but Esau came out first, so he was the firstborn. And the Bible says that these two boys grew. And one of them was a hunter. The other one was a stay-at-home boy with the mother. And the Bible says that a time came when uh, the guy came back from hunting. We were not told whether he had an animal or he had he did caught anything that day, but he was hungry. And he met his brother who's at home. And the brother was cooking pottage. And his, the smell of the pottage and all the aroma filled the whole house. And the Bible says, he, because he was hungry, he said to him, can I have some of this? And the Bible says, the brother who understood value said to him, I, I have put value into this. I put in my time. I put in my effort. I put in ingredients. So, I want you to Let's, let's exchange value. You have something I desire. And I have something you want. What you have that I desire is only going to pay me in future. But what you want, I can pay you now. This is exactly how Africans are. Especially the black child. We want temporary gratification. And sell off our future. Today, most Africa, a country like Nigeria today exports crude oil when we can build refineries in Nigeria, Nigeria has refineries that have been shut down we export crude oil and buy petrol from Europe isn't that madness hello church of God that's madness African leaders are sick I, I can't understand if you go, I was in Congo to preach. The Chinese have flooded Congo. I mean, these people carry money in the street as if it's water. You want to buy that money in the street? I mean, everywhere. Why are they flooding Africa if there is nothing? You are running to America and Europe. They are running here. Cannot hear an amen, somebody. Every time I travel to the United States and I'm on my way back, the, the, the plane is filled with Americans. And I'm thinking, what are you people looking for here? We want to go to you. You want to come here. You know why? They've understood that there are things that Africans don't recognize they have. And the Bible says, Jacob negotiated and the guy sold his birthright and walked away. The Bible says he despised his birthright. And then Jacob got it. Fast forward. Genesis chapter 27 and verse 1. Their father is old. And now he called the same Esau and said, Son, 
you are my first son. I want you to go to the, uh, the uh, bush or go to the forest. Hand me venison. Prepare it such as I love so that my soul, give, bring it to me that I may eat that my soul may bless you. And the Bible said the young man went. But you see, because he has violated the law, he sold his birthright. He sold his position as the first son. Church of God, you can't break spiritual laws and not pay for it. Okay, no amen. Let me talk to this side. You cannot break spiritual laws and not pay for it. Everything in the Bible, God says you shouldn't do. Don't break them. You are not smart enough. When God says you, you don't sleep with a woman you are not married to or sleep with a man you are not married to, don't break it. It's a law. You break it. There are things you have sold off. Okay, no more amen. Let me talk to these guys. Church, you cannot, let me say that again emphatically. You cannot break spiritual laws and not pay for it. The Bible said this young man went to the forest to go and look for Venice. But because he had broken a law, their mother, Rebecca, was positioned to hear the conversation between Esau and his father. And the Bible says, Rebecca, after Esau left, Rebecca called Jacob and said, boy, come here. You know I love you. Say, listen, I heard your father saying that he's about to bless your brother. He's about to die and he wants to bless your brother. I want you to get me a kid or a goat. I'll prepare it the way your father loves it. And you will go and present it to your father. The boy went, did, I want to paraphrase so that I can go to my message. Para, the guy went and got this very fast. The mother prepared it. The boy said to the mother, I am smooth. I don't have hair. My brother is very hairy. How, what if my father feels my body? The mother said, and, and if he feels my body and notice that I'm Jacob and he will curse me. The mother said, let the curse be on me. But you must make sure you do this. All this while, the law that Esau broke is at work. Jacob went, prepared it, they got the goat and they prepared it and presented it to the father. The woman took the goat skin, put on Jacob's hand. When the, the boy presented the food, the father said, this is Jacob's voice. And fell the body. He said, but the, the body is hairy like Esau. And the father ate the venison and blessed him. And as soon as he left, Esau came back with the venison. And the father said, Ah, who is it that brought me venison and I've eaten and my soul have blessed him and truly he is blessed. Now, church, remember Isaac was very rich in silver. Genesis 22 and 26 and verse 12 was very rich in silver, in gold, in cattle, in animals, had stocks of servants and the Bible said the Philistines envied him. Now, Esau was crying because he lost the blessing. Not because all the gold are still there. He could get them. But why was he crying? Because he knew that the intangible produces the tangible. He was looking for the thing that made the wealth. And that's what many Africans don't want to do. We are looking for wealth, but we are not looking for the thing that makes the wealth. Amen. So today, I want to teach you about the tangible wealth that you have that you don't know. The things you have that you think, oh, it means nothing. That you are wasting and squandering every day. That if you can use these things, your life will never be the same. Can I hear an amen, somebody? What is the first among them? 
Number one, you're as a child of God, I'm talking to God's people, your identity in Christ. Your identity in Christ. Knowing who you are in Christ. Most people do not know. They sit there in church, they, are, they don't know that they are children of God. They don't know what it, it means to be a child of God. Church, listen. The fact that you gave your life to Christ, you are born again, it means a whole lot. God is your father. Where are the amens? God is your father. I say, God is your father. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm a blessed man. And because of that, my children are blessed. Amen. My children are blessed. When I finish church today, I'm going to have lunch with my children. I'm eating exactly the same food they're eating. You are God's child. Everything God has is yours. Oh boy. I, I, for some of you, this doesn't like, okay, where does that translate to money? Let's keep going. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 17. Matthew 3 and verse 17. I'm just recapping, but this recap is, is, not, is not helping me because I, I, I feel like you didn't get it on Wednesday. Matthew 3 and verse 17. Please, quickly, help me, help me. The Bible says, Lo, a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Somebody say amen. Now, this is Matthew 3 verse 17. This is the last verse of Matthew chapter 3 verse 7. Uh, Matthew chapter 3. So now you go to Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1. Now, the one we are about to read is supposed to be Matthew 3 18. Okay? Matthew 4 and verse 1. Then Jesus was led after God said this, that this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The Bible said that then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Keep going. And the Bible said when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterwards hungry. Keep going. And when the tempter came, he said, what did the devil say? Somebody say, if thou be. If thou be the son of God. Now, question. Didn't God just say, you are my beloved son? Why was the devil questioning his identity? Because he knew if Jesus knows who he is, I am finished. That's what Satan was saying. If you be the son of God, he said, command that these stones be made bread. Look at Jesus' answer. But he answered and said, it is written, men shall not live by bread alone. But by every word. So Satan wanted to bring his eyes down to paper money. Tangible things. But Jesus said no. You don't understand. I understand spiritual things. Men shall not live by only tangible things. Tangible things don't move me. Cars don't move me. Houses don't move me. Clothes don't move me. What moves me is the word of God. Because I understand that the word of God created everything. When I have the word I have money. Let me talk to this side. When I have the word, I have health. I have house. I have husband. I have a wife. Am I talking to somebody? He, he wanted to bring his eyes down to the physical mundane things. Now, if you go down this chapter, keep going down, keep going, keep flipping. I'll tell you when to stop. Keep going. No, no, no. Go, go back. Go backwards. And the Bible says, uh, let me see where you are. The devil take him up to a hard mountain and 
blah, blah, blah. Keep going. Let's see if this is where I'm looking for. If that be the son of God, cast. No, no, no. Go, go. Keep going. Keep going. This is not where I'm going. Keep going. Then the devil taketh him up to an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of this world and the glory therefore. So he took Jesus to a high mountain, shows him the wealth of the whole world. The whole wealth. The word kingdom and the glory is all the assets and the wealth of the whole world. Remember, Adam gave it to him when he disobeyed. So Satan said, I have it. Okay. And this verse, he says, and he said unto him, all this I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Now, church, why would Satan want to give you money for worship? Because he understands if you worship him, even though you have the money, he will still take it. He knew something about worship that believers don't know. The devil wants to give you everything in the world just for you to bow and worship him. Why? Why does he want, doesn't he need it? He knows that if you give him that worship, he owns you completely. That's what many believers don't know. Church, your identity is important. Listen, you are a child of God. Don't let anybody confuse you. If you be the son of God, perform this. I don't have to perform for you that, to know that I'm a child of God. I'm my communicator. I don't have to wear designer clothes for you to know I'm a child of God. I can be in slippers and a child of God. I can be in Mr. Price clothes and a child of God. I can be in any clothes as a child of God. I'm my communicator. Don't let anything be your identity. Today, black people think that what identifies us is what we wear, what we drive. So you find somebody taking all their money, go buy a car. A young black boy go buys a car and he stays in the mother's back room. Doesn't own a house. Every day he's wearing designer clothes and showing off on social media. That's not life. And you will pay for it in your future. Because you are like Esau that is selling off your birthright at the expense of your future. A future date will come when you will need all those things that you have wasted. Can I hear an amen? Somebody holler my identity in Christ. Say it like you are, you are serious. My identity in Christ. What is the second thing that I told you? Is what? Time. Your second wealth intangible wealth that God has given you is what? Time. Somebody say time. Somebody holler time. You know, we know how to misuse time. We know how to abuse time. We know how to kill time. Beloved, in the business world, there is a saying that is very popular that time is what? Say it out loud. Time is? Why did they say that? That means they understand something you don't know. Time is money. So when somebody is wasting your time, he's stealing your money. Amen, somebody. When somebody takes your time, he has not just taken your time, he's taking your money. He's taking your life. Time, you can't recover time. No. You don't recover time. You, if, if you come and sit with me for an hour, I give you an hour of my life. I will never be able to recover that time. Ever. Ever. The, today is what? The what? The 13th. 
There will never be another 8 a.m. 13th of March 2022. It will never happen again. So if you wasted between 8 and 9, you have lost that time. That's what the Bible is saying. Time is money. How do you use your time? What are you doing with your time? Listen to me. You can't tell somebody who has time that he's poor. Listen. You can use time for anything. Oh boy. I gave an example. We have a medical doctor. Where is she? She's sitting right there at the back. That doctor, when she got her certificate from university, the only thing she put in was what? Time. She gave six years of her life into university to study medicine. And now she is, after six years, they now assessed her with an exam. And then when she passed the exam, they now gave her a certificate saying you are now a medical doctor. You have right to go to the hospital and cure somebody who is, who is sick. And she's paid heavily for it. Say amen. Now, husband and wife, stand up. Both of you, at least you are the closest to me. Stand up. At, at least I know a bit of their story. When he went to the wife that he wanted to marry her, gladness said, I don't want to marry. I want to just remain a woman for the rest of my life. But what did he do? He gave her time. Gave her attention. And he changed gladness mind. And today they are married. So what did KG do? He converted time to love. Am I talking to somebody? You may be seated. That's why church... Every time a man stops giving his wife time, problems start in their marriage. That's enough wisdom for any man here today. Say amen. You can convert time to wealth. Amen, somebody. Oh man, time is going so fast. What's the next one I told you? Ideas. Somebody say ideas. Ideas are wealth. Everything you see in this auditorium from the drums, to the screens, to the keyboard, to the lights, to this microphone I'm using to preach was an idea from someone. They were thoughts. Somebody say thoughts. Somebody holler thoughts. What are you thinking? Ideas are money. You know, today, everybody is talking about Bill Gates, talking about Mark Zuckerberg. These people don't really sell anything tangible. How many of you bought your suit from Bill Gates? No. The guy doesn't sell anything tangible. They just got ideas. Look at Facebook. You spend your whole after service now. I promise you, you'll be on social media from after service till you sleep. It was somebody's idea. And today the guy is a billionaire in dollars. And you are subscribing to him. He's making money from you because of what? Idea. Somebody holla idea. The Bible says, Proverbs 27 verse 23 verse 7. As a man thinketh in his heart. What happens to him? So is he. You are what you think. You are what you what? Think. If you are broke, you are not thinking. Say amen. Ideas rule the world. I'm looking for men who God will give ideas. Listen to me church. 
Everything you see here is an idea of somebody. When you woke up this morning, you took a bath in a shower that was designed by somebody. You laid in a bed that was designed by somebody. You covered yourself with a blanket that was designed by somebody. You dressed up this morning, wore clothes that was designed by somebody. All these were people's ideas. What is your own idea? Do you see why we are where we are? And we will complain forever. Can complain. I don't have this. I don't have that. What are you thinking of? What's your idea? The God that gave those people those ideas, he, he, does he hate you? You are a child of God. I was telling them on Wednesday, they said, I can guarantee you, knowing the God I serve, that Facebook was first given to an a believer. It was an idea God threw in the mind of a believer. But he was there wasting time. God said, look, I can't, uh, let me go to somebody who will take me serious. And gave it to Max Zuckerberg. Today, boy is a billionaire. If you see him, he, if Max Zuckerberg, you know, the other day he was in Nigeria and he was jogging. I looked at the guy. He, he looked like, I'm like, this guy. Church, ideas rule the world. Ideas. What are you thinking of? What do you spend your time thinking of? Some of you are thinking, you sit down and you are thinking of how to commit adultery. Somebody is thinking of how to design Facebook. You are, you are, you are, you are, you are, Lord, help me, help me, help me. Before I say something. You're thinking of how to cheat on your husband. When others are thinking of designing things. Am I communicating this morning? Look at Proverbs 21 and verse 5. Proverbs 21 and verse 5. May God help you today. I say, may God help you today. I'm angry, man. The thoughts of the diligent tends to what? Plenteousness. He said the thought of the righteous man is supposed to gather him plenty. But what are we using our thought for? Thinking of Sibongile and the hair she wore to church today. Is that your business? If Sibongile's hair is five rand, it's none of your business. Think of your own destiny. Amen, somebody. Stop gossiping. You don't have the time. Time is going every day. Invent something. I came into this country with 20 runs. I wouldn't lie to you. 20 runs. How much? 20 runs. I don't want to tell you my what. 20 runs. But with a mind that is at work. And my, my mind works 24 7. Sometimes I will switch off the light. Stay on my bed. I'm thinking of the next thing. What's the next thing to do? Every point in my life, I'm doing a project. There must be something I'm doing. Can't sit down and think of nothing. All you think of is go to work, come back. You will remain a slave forever. The Bible said that the rich rule it over what? The poor. And a borrower is a servant to the lender. I don't want to pastor poor people only. You should be poor when you come in here, but after a while, after listening to me, you must be rich. Whether the devil likes it or not. Can I hear an amen? Can't be struggling every day. What is your challenge? Ideas. Somebody say ideas. What's the next one I spoke to you about? Was that where we stopped? Or we stopped at ideas? Alright, today, let's go to the next one. Oh boy. My God. 
Number four. Is that right? Number four thing that is your intangible wealth is integrity. <laughs> oh, I'm about to change somebody's life by the word of God. Somebody highlight integrity. The black man does not know what is integrity. Church, you see, these are the things we despise and we are pursuing money and money is not coming. Integrity is, is wealth. Integrity is what? It might not be tangible, but if you have integrity, there is a whole lot that will be happening in your life. Church, let me ask a question. Son, if you have 500,000 today, and two people present you with ideas that if you invest, they will pay you so-and-so interest of 20%. Both of them have the same interest they will give you and you have the cash. On a good day, what would you first do? You will first check who has what. Who will you invest your money to that will not run away with your money? I gave my microwave, I have a smeg microwave in my house. It got broken. I gave it to a black man. I'm angry. I'm not saying all black men are like that. But now, church, if tomorrow I have to fix something else, I will never go back to that guy. We gave him this microwave six months ago. He called me in December that the microwave is fixed. He still hasn't returned the microwave. As I speak, I'm standing on the altar today. I pray he's watching fire will come to your business. He has not returned it. Because of lack of integrity. My father used to sell spare parts. Well, he still does, but on a lower scale. Now, when we were young, he used to sell spare parts in a large scale. He sold motorcycles. My father used to get them from a company called Leventis in Nigeria. Now, because of my father's integrity, they will come and drop off goods worth millions and tell my father, when you finish selling, remit the money back. So my father was making money from integrity. He didn't have the capital. He was making money from what? Integrity. You can't be trusted with five rand. You have a problem. You have a problem. Church, integrity is wealth. Listen to me. If you don't build integrity in your business, you will not go forward. All these people bring you business and you want to make the maximum profit you can for the first time. That's not how to do business. You want a customer to loving you. Today, I sold properties. I've stopped selling properties for almost 10 years or 11 years now. I closed down Kengo properties. Beloved, till today, people are still referring clients to me till today as I stand here. Why? Integrity. I sold a house for a man. This guy was locked up in prison. I don't know what he did. I don't want to get involved in his activities or his shenanigans. He was locked up in prison. The property was registered. And he told, when he registered, he was in prison. He told the lawyers, called them, can you transfer my money to Felix? It was 1.8 million. They transferred it to me. He was in prison for one year. When he came out, he called me. My friend, where are you? I'm out of prison. I want my money. I said, let's meet at the Glen. We got to the Glen. 
I first, he said he just needed 100,000. I withdrew 100. He didn't want to put money in his account. I withdrew 100,000, gave it to him. The day I gave him the last money, you know what he said to me? Bro, I don't know if there is anybody like you anymore in this country. He said to me, if I was the one that you gave 1.8 million, after one year, story, 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 story. He met Chooks, my brother, at McDonald's. He said, Are you, you look like Felix. Are you Felix's brother? He counted out 5,000 rands. He said, take for the sake of your brother. Chooks is in service. I'm not lying to you. Integrity. The average black man don't have integrity. Whether you, you, when you say, I'm going here, you are on your way there. Some of you leave home. You are going to see Sibongile, a girlfriend. You tell your wife, I'm going to spa. What is your problem? Amen. Integrity is what? It's well. Look at Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 1. Proverbs 22 and verse 1. These are things we've neglected and we're wondering why we are not rich. Why is it that you can trust some companies, transfer millions to them? They have integrity. Why is your money in the bank? They have integrity. How many of you have ever been to the ATM as you are going? You say, Shaka, Regobo, Ashe, Kabragada, Rabalagada, Bayagada. ATM, please, I beg you, please try and bring our money. No. You, you put your money in the bank, the ATM has integrity enough to give you back. That's why you trust the ATM. Do you know why God doesn't trust you to give you wealth? Because when he needs it to build his house, you won't give it. I told you guys, stagnation, financial stagnation is a proof that heaven doesn't trust you anymore. The moment you are stagnated financially, God doesn't trust you anymore. Those who he trusts, he will always keep giving them money. I'm telling you, he will always keep giving them things. Proverbs 22 and verse 1. Everybody write it down. Look up the screen. One, two, go. Read it with me. A good name is rather to be chosen than riches and loving favor than silver and what? The Bible say a good name. Somebody say a good name. May you not have a bad name. I say may your business not have a bad name. Somebody came to this church many years ago. And I said, why did you leave your church? Because the pastor is my friend. He said, ah, man of God, I was just tired. We gave money. He told us to contribute money. We need to buy speakers. And then his rent was due. He took the whole money and paid for his rent. That was overdue. We've been asking for the speakers. And he never, there is no speaker in church. Somebody hala integrity. What you say you will do, please do it. Can I hear an amen? The reason why you give to this church because you know this boy will not misuse your money. I might communicate. Listen, we bought these LED screens for close to half a million. The, the two side ones, not the ones in the middle. When we bought them, we didn't have the whole cash. So we now told them we'll pay over three months. And over three months, we paid them. Now, if I want another LED, they will give it. The, the, the youth hall we are going to, we are building. We want to design the altar like this. Amen, somebody. Those LED, if I call them now and say deliver LED, they will deliver because the first time they did, we prayed. In the time we promised, keep your word. 
a good name is better than billions in the account. Africans prefer to have money with a bad name. You are creating problems for yourself. Problems. Today, if you mention you are a Mandela anywhere in the world, beloved church, listen to me. I was in Canada to preach. As I arrived in Montreal at the airport, I prayed. Listen, I, I was in Nigeria. Okay, well, I'm still Nigerian. Not I was. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I have dual citizenship. So I'm Nigerian and South African. I used to travel with my Nigerian passport. Beloved, I got one day to Atlanta. And I got there. These people... My wife presented, now I have had my South African passport, but I wanted to be patriotic to my country. I'm, I'm proud to be to say I'm a Nigerian. Even though there are so many skeletons, I am a, I am a good one. Say amen, somebody. So I said, let me keep my Nigerian, South African passport in the safe and use my Nigerian passport to be traveling. So I have a US visa in my Nigerian passport. I go to Atlanta, Georgia. My wife and I were together. They told my, they saw on my wife's passport, Mrs. Hester Oko. They, they looked at me, Mr. Felix Oko. They say, you stay behind. Your wife can go forward. Ah, ah. <laughs> what is the challenge? They say, you follow me, follow me. They put me in one machine. I was in that machine. I'm hearing, ting, 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 ting. They, what were they scanning for? Drugs. I came back from that trip. I book appointment with the U.S. Embassy. I got there. I said, take that visa out of that, brown, that uh, green thing. Put it in the darker green in the name of Jesus. That was the last time. Somebody highlight integrity. You see, leaders must know this. A leader must know that what you are doing in your country carries integrity. That's how I stopped. I, I just got tired. So I, I now, so the first time I traveled with a South African passport, after that one disgraced me, okay. So I went to Canada to preach. As I got to Montreal, I presented South African passport. The guy said, oh, wow, you're from South Africa. Wow, I wanted to be at the World Cup. My goodness, I've, you know, I've been studying about Mandela, blah, blah, blah. What, what are you doing in, in Canada? I'm here to preach. Welcome to Canada. Take your passport. I said, ah. Ah, 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 Jesus, ah. I wasn't taken to a machine. Ting, ting, ting. Beloved, I went to Brazil to preach. As I, came, I was using Nigerian passport. As I came from Brazil, the five people came to fetch me from the plane in O.R. Tambo. Five. I just saw by the door, are you Felix Oko? I said, yes. Ah. So my wife walked past. I said, that's my wife. They said, no, let her go. Why is my wife has to go? And me, I must stay back. What is your challenge? They said, follow me. I followed them. They took me to a scan to check whether I swallow drugs. I said to the guy, I'm a preacher. I went to preach. He said, that doesn't matter. As long as you carry this passport, I rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. And I pray today on this altar, South Africa will never go down like that. In the name of Jesus. We must, we, listen, if we don't keep this country, this co we are seeing it decay like others. We saw Nigeria, they would take power. You see, Lord Shedding, we saw Nigeria, they would take one hour return. 
they went from one hour to three hours. Three hours to seven hours. Seven hours to a whole day. Now, you can stay in Nigeria a whole month. No electricity. Say amen. Uh, no, I, when I go visit my parents, when I arrive, I buy two generators. One for day and one for night. Because my children cannot stay in. The weather is hot. So they have to be under air condition. All the time. I mean, this is what African leaders have done our continent to. And we are watching it decay. And slowly now, this thing is happening in South Africa. We are watching it. Nobody is doing anything. Any sensible leader should say, why are we having this problem? Let me step in as a president. Let's tackle this thing once and for all. But they are not responsible enough to think of the people that they lead. Man, my time is so gone. Somebody holler integrity. Somebody holler integrity. Church, trust is capital. If somebody trusts you, it is capital. There is a lot you can do with your integrity. A whole lot. When we bought this property, when we bought this property many years ago, we didn't have money to pay the transfer costs. I have sold everything. I've sold my cars. I've sold houses. I've, the only thing was for me to sell my children. Church was very small that time. And we were to pay transfer costs. And we didn't have the money. My brother is here. He's a witness. I'm trusting God, Lord. Jacob. Where do we get? The transfer cost was about 450000 And... We only had, I think, 200. So there was 250 left. So I'm believing God, confessing. I woke up in the morning. I called this money. I called this. I called the things that be not as though they were. I command money, come it to me. I believe you, Father. I received 250,000. Got to the office. In the morning, a young man drove into my office with an Uno, Fiat Uno, white. I will never forget it. He was hooting by the gate. I say, who is this poor man? What are you doing in my gate early in the morning? But anyway, I decided, let me open the gate. So I walked out. I met him. I said, can we help you? He said, my name is Allen. I said, okay. That's okay. Can we help you? He said, I want to buy property. But I don't have the whole money. I said, how much do you have? He said, 250. I said, come down from this. You're Uno. Come down, come down, come down. Come down. So I took Allen to my office. I said, Allen, sit down. Do you know me? He said, yeah, I heard you are, you are a pastor. I said, okay. Do you trust me? I said, he said, yes, of course. That's why I'm here. The person that directed me to you said, I can trust you. He said, okay. I said, sir, you are not here to buy property. Ah, the guy looked at me. I said, Allen, we need to pay 250000 by tomorrow for our property, church property we have, we have purchased. And if I don't pay it tomorrow, the deal will be cancelled. Allen said, okay. He said, I said, listen, if you give me the money, I am going to use it. Somebody say integrity. I didn't tell him I will keep it. I said, I will use it. But whenever you want to buy property, I will pay you back. Beloved, I transferred that money to, he transferred it in less than two hours. I transferred that money to the attorneys. That's why you are here today. And Allen only came back after one year to get that money. He didn't eventually buy property. He said, I want the money back. Somebody holler integrity. 
If I didn't have Allen, I promise you, with integrity, this property will not. You, you see, there are things you think, today, do you know the value of this property? You, just the other day, one fast, you know, they told me not to mention names. One fast food restaurant, the, pop, the most popular one you know, that only have their businesses in the corner. Okay. In the corner. They came here. They say, can we put, give us 2,000 square meters by this corner? We'll pay you 6 million. I say, Eero, I will not. Give us 50% ownership. You can have the land for free. You know what they told me? Our business is not burger. It is properties. Properties. You thought you are going to buy burger. They are using you to buy assets. Let's leave that. I, I, I need to go. I, I, I just need to go. What's the number? Next thing. Number five. Somebody say number five. Number five is people. Somebody say people. People are assets. The most valuable thing on the earth today to God is human beings. If you don't value people, you will be broke. Oh, Jesus Christ. People are assets. Human beings are assets. Don't joke with connections God gives you. People God connects you to. You don't know tomorrow. The guy that looks small today can be the greatest tomorrow. I'm telling you church, I've seen God transform people in this church. I've seen God take people that were nothing to the top. Human beings are assets. And I wish African leaders know this. The way they treat us, they don't value us. I wish our African leaders know this. You go to America today, when you have accident, they use every means to rescue you. If, is there any American citizen here right now who has American passport? Is there anyone in church? Okay, doctor is not here. If doctor, an American citizen, if he cough now and they say they need rescue, American embassy will send envoy to come and carry him from here. Because they value their people. Africans have no value for their people. You can't have low shedding and you are quiet. You have no value for it. And you see, anybody that doesn't have value for you can't prosper you. When they see something that will bless you, they won't do it. They won't. They won't. Go to my home country. Roads are bad. The other day there was no petrol. The queues are endless. And there is a president who calls himself a human being. No value for the people. No value. No value. Every true leader will have a heart for the people. Why is it that there is always improvement in this church? Because I value you. I moved you from plastic chairs to a cushion chair so that your bum bum can be okay after two hours of sitting. Am I communicating? Why do we have to pay a price when we build this building? There was no central air condition. Why do we have to pay a price to put it? Why do we make everything comfortable? For the people. That's how we should be. Value people. You never know who will be a blessing to you tomorrow. 
Stop playing with people. Human beings are valuable. Most of the blessings I've gotten in my life were people I meet in ordinary conditions. And today, they are a blessing to me. Am I communicating? Look at neighbor say, value people. Give me Mark chapter 8 and verse 36. Let's see Jesus' opinion on people. Let's see Jesus' opinion. Mark chapter 8 and verse 36. For what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and do what? Lose his own soul. Keep going. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever shall be ashamed of me and my word in this adulterous and sinful generation of him shall the son of man be ashamed when he cometh in glory with the holy angels. Church, Jesus said, there is nothing in this world that you can compare to the soul of one person. Those of you who don't value human beings, Jesus himself said, the way I value human beings, there is no thing, no, no material thing that you can compare to one person. That's why a church like this, we, we get people saved. Yesterday was foundation class. It's a joy for me to go there, teach them disciple them, get them to start serving. It's a joy because Jesus values them. Somebody called me yesterday and said, ah, you still teach in foundation class? I told him, I said, I'm tired. He said, oh, you still teach in foundation class? Why don't you delegate it to people? I said, what will I be doing? Sit at home and cross my leg and be watching Isidingo. No. I come here, teach the people. Value people. Am I communicating? Today, the average black man doesn't value his brother. That's why in Soweto, they will find a young girl, breast missing. Where did they take the breast to? To do rituals. So somebody will take a woman's breast or private part of a man to go and do rituals. No value for human beings. No value. And that's why the black man has remained broke. No value. Any money you get from rituals will fly away. That's not money. That's not money. No. That's not true riches. You'll be doing, doing rituals. Sacrificing people. Sacrificing and giving body parts. Just because you want money. No value for human beings. People can shoot you for 10 rents. One of my son. Those years. They left church. And the next time I saw him after many years. He's blind with one in one eye. I said, ah. Son, what happened to you? He said, robbers came to their house and they wanted to steal the TV. One of them was pointing a gun at his wife and he decided to block the guy and say, please don't shoot my wife, she's pregnant. And the guy pulled the trigger. The bullet went through one of his eyes and hit the wife on the heart. And that's how she died. He survived. For TV, you shoot a human being. No value for human beings. Today, look at America. I was speaking to a doctor last night. He said the new, uh, what they call it, house. What do doctors call house? What? House. Something doctors do before. House. Is it what? what? Doctor, what do you call it? No. Can you take out your mask? Let me hear you. I want to hear from a doctor. What do you call it? House. Can somebody help me that has a loud voice? House training. 
No, that's not what it is. Uh, she mentioned there's something they call house something, whatever. But anyway, this doctor was telling me that over 30,000 people have applied in the United States from all over the world. What is America doing? America gives green card lottery. Do you think they like you so much? They don't. You know what they're looking for? They're looking for people. They take ideas from you. The best researchers in the United States are Nigerians. I'm not lying. Nigerians. Who were lecturers in Nigeria and they were not paying them well. I studied mechanical engineering. I did six years instead of five years. You know what happened to the one year I lost? There was ASU strike. That's the association of our lecturers. The lecturers were on strike for one year because there was no salary. In a country like Nigeria that used that produces a million barrel of oil that exports a million barrel of oil per day. The, the, the black man needs help. We need help. That's why I'm teaching you like this. That's why I'm crying out like this. We need to value people. Value people. Don't, don't go and destroy your neighbor for the sake of your riches. No, amen. Somebody's business doesn't have to fall for your own to rise. Church, if you value people, you will always give them the opportunity to prosper. You will give them the opportunity to do well. When you value people, you create an environment for them that will be conducive. I don't know who was telling me the other day that there is no food in Baraguanat. The largest hospital in Africa has no food. And then we are giving money to another country to help resolve their war. I don't, I don't, I just, these things just make me honestly. Uh, we, we need help. African leaders need help. God needs to revolutionize Africa. Seriously. African leaders need help. It's not only one country. It's all the countries. It's very few African countries where you go where things are working. And I told you guys, South Africa is the hope of Africa. If we lose this country, Africa is done. This, I'm saying this thing to the whole world. This country is the hope of Africa. That's why whatever you do, don't curse this country. Pray for this nation. Pray that God helps us raise righteous men. Raise true leaders. Raise people who have integrity. That's why you as a Christian must have integrity. If you are a politician and you become a president or whatever, MEC or become a premier, are you going to go there and do what the unbelievers are doing? Can we trust you even now? A brother came to me and said to me, Pastor, I met a brother in the car park. He was driving a Mercedes. And he told me, let's, let's do a business together. And he told me he needed 30,000 once I give after one month. If I give 30,000 after one month, he will give me back with interest and or we will share the profit. Mercedes, he said it was a convertible Mercedes. 
And he gave the guy 30,000. That was the last day he came to church. The last day. Please, I beg you, stop giving people money you don't. Before you do any transaction in this church, let me know. I will tell you he's a skeleton. Say amen. Even if I don't know him, I will know by the Holy Ghost. Stop coming to tell me after you have lost money. The other day in my office, two brothers wanted to box each other. He, one gave him 1.4 million and he doesn't want to pay back. In my office, physical fight. Mommy was still alive then. We were watching them. Physical. Mommy had to go and stand in between them. Physical. Gave a brother 1.4 million to invest. Both of you are in the business. The brother has left church. We can't trust each other. Can you be trusted? Beloved, don't treat people anyhow. I, I beg you. I've seen what is done to my life. Honestly speaking. The reason you are here in this church is because you are treated well. I don't joke with people. The way I attend to you when I'm alone with you is like you are the only one I passed. Those of you who have come to see me in the office, you know I'm telling the truth. I don't treat you because you don't have money. People come into my office, give me 10 rent. That's all they have. God bless you, daughter. God bless you, son. And they go. There is no, if you have money, I treat you different. No. God knows I, I, I can never be like that. I visit both those who give, those who don't give. I don't care. Church, treat people well. Treat people When I see the way husbands and wives treat each other, I just laugh. I was telling them yesterday at the, at the foundation class, I can't understand how somebody who has the Holy Ghost will fail in marriage. How? When, I, when my wife was alive, the Holy Ghost would tell me, son, you are wrong. I would go to her, baby, I'm sorry for what I did. Why do you have the Holy Spirit and you fail? God is not a failure. Where is your amen? Christ in you is what? The hope of glory. How can you fail with the Holy Ghost? How can you be a slave with the Holy Ghost? You're supposed to be at the top. I will make you the head and not the above only and not. Every day you are complaining. With the Holy Spirit complaining. You have what it takes. Let's do one more and then we'll close. Number six. Wealth that you have is words. No, amen. I feel you, Pastor. How can words be wealth? How can you say wealth? Wealth. Words are word. Wealth. How can? I talk every day. You are talking rubbish. Let's start with Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. Genesis 1 and verse 1. <laughs> Amen, somebody. Are you blessed already? Is it church? Gather all these things I've shared with you. Start practicing. You will see money. You, you see this money. I've realized that pursuing money is a waste of time. All I need to do is build this invisible, intangible wealth. The real paper wealth that you see will start pursuing me. That was what Jesus was saying in Matthew 6.33. Seek first what? The kingdom 
of God that is invisible and his righteousness and everything on the earth that unbelievers are pursuing will start pursuing you. But because you are seeking the things, they run away from you. Genesis 1.1 In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. If you look at this statement, look at the whole earth today. If you need money to create this earth, how much will it cost you? It will be trillions, quadrillions, quadrillions, whatever the amount. Look at the vast, vastness of this earth. When God wanted to create, he didn't have one rent or one dollar. In the beginning, God created what? The heaven and the earth. Keep going. And the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God did what? What did he say? Let there be light. He saw darkness and said light. Some of you see poverty and talk poverty. I'm broke. I don't have anything. My fridge is empty. Nothing is working in my life. That's how you are becoming broker and broker. If there is any word like that. Till you became brokest. Amen, somebody. God saw darkness and said, let there be light. That, your words are creative. Your words, what? Are creative. Words create. Now, when I, a pastor, I was with a pastor in a conference. <laughs> and he said, man of God, hey, my toe is killing me. Jesus, I, look, I shrank. Your toe is killing you. A man of God. What are you preaching on the pulpit? You can never hear me talk poverty. You always hear me here. I'm, I'm rich. I can never be poor. Some of you think as I say it. Oh, this man has got billions in the account. Una manga. The billions is here. Can I hear an amen? Give me Proverbs 18 verse 21. Give me Proverbs 18 21. Fast. Let's close this thing and tie it up. Everybody write it down. Look up the screen. Read with me. One, two, go. Death and life are where? In the power of the tongue. And everyone that loves it will eat the fruit thereof. Two most powerful extremes. Death and life. Where did God put it? The day my wife called me when I was in Zambia. And say, baby, release me. I'm ready to go. I knew there is no amount of prayer I will pray for her to stay. Because she was done. She was ready to go. If she said I will not die, she would. Am I communicating? Church, death and life is in this thing you are playing with every day. If you talk prosperity, you will not be broke. In the beginning of this year, I was declaring what I want to happen in the church. All the things that are, and I'm seeing them happening. While I was here on this altar for three days, declaring what I want to see. And today I'm seeing the manifestation. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. What you say, all these things you fight with your heart. I don't want this marriage. This thing will go into divorce. That's why you have problems. How many of you talk peace? 
in your marriage. You can't wake up and look at your wife and say, man, you're the most beautiful. I remember one service day, my wife, we finished service. Um, it was a Wednesday. My wife was standing there and I walked down from the stage after I finished preaching. I just held her hand. I said, baby, you are the most beautiful woman in the world. You know, when I said that, she just smiled, put her head on my shoulders, laughing. Then when we got outside, she said, baby, are you seeing anybody? Please come home now, now, now. You know why? Those words have activated something. She wanted me fast in the bedroom. Fast. Say amen, somebody. All of you, you talk down on your wife. You tell her, you complain about her. You tell her nonsense. You, you, you have the audacity to tell your wife, you know, I should have married Sibongile. Sibongile was my first choice. You are a fool. Do you say that? Your words are important. Talk divorce every day. Talk lack every day. Talk hatred every day. Talk divorce. Talk problems every day. Why will you create? What are you creating? Problems. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I remember many years ago when I started Kengo Properties. They gave me it. I went to uh, um, open a bank account of my property business. I wrote out in the first checkbook number one, I wrote out one million rent. The company has not made one time. I had 3,300 rent to start that business. I used 500 to buy second hand. Those years when there was no email, I bought second hand fax machine. We used to fax. You modern children now use email. Then we used to use fax. I bought second hand fax machine from a pawn shop in Rosettenville. I put two prepared meat, uh, lines in my, in my lounge in the flat. One was for fax. One was to make phone call. When you call, I pick up the phone. Kango Properties, good afternoon. Whom would you like to speak to? Can I speak to Felix, please? Hold on. I will take a walk and come back. Because I need to make it look like you are talking to a receptionist. Am I communicating? And then I will go back. Philly speaking. Good afternoon. Uh, please, I would like to buy a property. From which area? Uh, Naturena. Okay. Can I take your number? Right now, Felix, uh, I'm, I'm very busy. I'm just busy with another client. I'll give you a call afterwards. Beloved, I'm in my lounge. There is no client anywhere. The client is spiritual. Glory to God. Listen. There is nobody that you see that is rich that was not planned. Nobody. All these that don't have money to do this, I don't have Beloved, with little, you can do a lot if your brain is working. Am I communicating? Church, you must have... This thing is not... These things I'm preaching to you, they are not science fiction. Words are important. Your words... Your words. Give me Proverbs. Let's go to another one. Give me Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 14. Proverbs 12 and verse 14. I'll be done in five minutes. Proverbs 12 and verse 14. Everybody write it down and look up the screen. A man shall be satisfied with what? 
with good by how? So how will you be satisfied with good things? Is it by the work of your hands? Is it by the business you own? You can have a multi-million rand business and live in poverty. The business will turn broke because of your words. Amen. This is God talking to you. Amen. Shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth and the recompense of his hand. He said that what you do with your hands can be destroyed even though you work so hard can be destroyed with your words. Every day you talk lack, poverty. This business is struggling. I'm not making money. Nothing is happening in my life. My life is cursed. That's why you are where you are. Give me this, maybe in the Amplified. Let's see what the Amplified says. Give me Amplified. Just turn it to Amplified. From the fruit of his words, a man shall be satisfied with good. And the work of a man's hand shall come back to him as a harvest. He said the work of your hands will prosper with the words of your mouth. Let's tie this up. Give me Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 23. Proverbs 15 and verse 23. Quickly. Proverbs 15 and verse 23. Help me, help me. Proverbs 15 and verse 23. Everybody write it down and look up the screen. A man has joy in making apt answer and a word spoken at right moment, how good it is. Give me this in the King James Version. Give me King James, quickly. A man had joy by what? By the answer, if you have no joy in your marriage, it's your mouth. It's not because your wife is bad. It's not because your husband is bad. No. It's your words. The Bible says, Sarah honored Abraham and called him my Lord. If I say preach that today, all of you women will curse me out. That's why your great grandfathers are happy in their marriage and you are not. The tension in your marriage can power electricity in the whole Johannesburg. Amen, somebody. Words. Words. I love you, baby. You're beautiful. When was the last time you look at your husband and say, my king, you're the most handsome man in the world. We went to a Nigerian event with my wife. She looked at them. He said, my husband, he was talking to everybody. He said, my husband is the most handsome Nigerian. My head was bigger than my neck that day. I felt like, oh Jesus, glory to God. Look at your husband. He said, you goat, you fool. I don't even know why I married you, you big head. And you are wondering why your marriage is not working. Am I talking to somebody? Your words are powerful. Years ago, I used to listen to a man called Creflo Dollar a lot. Father, I have over, his messages have over 5,000 messages in CD form. I've told you guys how I went to the United States at one time and I walked into Creflo Dollar's bookshop. That's World Changers Bookstore. And I bought books and CDs worth almost $10,000. And the woman asked me, hey, 
Where is your bookshop? I said, I don't have bookshop. It's for personal consumption. House of Treasures have not started. I was a businessman. Because some of you businessmen, you won't invest in books. You're only investing in, in clothes. No. When was the last time you read a book on your business? Okay, you are quiet. I know you'll be quiet. They say when you want to hide anything from a black man, where do you hide it? If I ask how many of all of you standing here, when was the last time you read a book? There will be a problem. If I go down to the congregation, that's another problem. Amen, somebody. Read, a, at least read a book a month. It's an assignment from this altar. Read one book at least a month. I was listening to Creflo one day. He said, words are things. I said, ah, where is this man going? Many years ago. I'm talking almost 16, 17 years ago. He said, words are things. I said, where did this man get this from? And then because I was acquainted to the Bible, I decided, let me go do research. And God showed me something. Give me the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 16. 1 Samuel 3 and verse 16. Quickly. We'll close with that scripture. 16 to 18. 1 Samuel 16 to 18. Alright. Everybody write it down. Look up the screen. And Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, here am I. Keep going. And he said, what is the thing? Somebody say, what is the thing? That the Lord has said unto you. Somebody holler, words are things. He says, I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee. And more also, if you hide any, what? That anything from me, or of all the things he said to you. The Lord said to me, this is where he got the statement from. Words are things. You want to be broke? Keep talking broke. One of your greatest assets and wealth you have is your mouth. Anybody that can use their mouth well will be prosperous. I can tell you, I prospered by my words. I was telling you the story of how I started Kengo Properties. The first checkbook they gave me, I wrote out a check, one million rand. We used to have, in the house where we, where we stayed, where we started the, best, the, the company, I used to have the mirror, the, the wardrobe was mirror. That means the whole wardrobe was mirror. You look into, when you open the mirror, is the clothes inside. So I stuck the check, one million rand. I stuck that check to the wardrobe. And when I wake up every morning, I say in the name of Jesus, I command one million rand into my account. Beloved, it didn't take three months. One day, my wife opened my account. He said, baby, your confession has come to pass. There was 1.1 million in my account. Confession. Listen, church. If these things were not true, I will not tell you so. These things are real life. If you are broke, part of it is that you are talking nonsense. Those who are rich, even now in the secular world, they've taught them. I mean, those who work in the insurance, when you ask them now, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Everything is well. They no longer say economy is down. Things are, no. Those who talk economy is down are broke. Those who are talking right are rich. How are you? I'm blessed. Everything is well. All is well. 
You ask people, how are you? Ah, pastor, you don't want to know. Is that an answer? Pastor, how are you? My dear, how are you? Ish. Is that an answer? No. Your words are important. Stop telling your children how stupid they are. Say amen. You child, you are not, you will not amount to anything. What is that? No. Look at your child. That husband that is misbehaving, maybe change your confession. Oh, there was a sister, Kabbalah Dosha. You like my stories, ne? Mm. Ladies, I know you want to hear this one. Alaba Yadaba. Hey, this sister, she said, My husband, I have been asking him for money every day for something. He refused to give it to me. So he said, She went to church and the pastor preached a message like this that I'm preaching on words. He said, When the husband came back, he prepared him a nice meal. He let him sleep. He said, I held his leg. I say in the name of Jesus, every money you are making, I command you to give me in Jesus' name. Beloved, listen to true story. I'm not sharing science fiction. This woman shared the testimony on the altar. She said in the morning, my husband woke up and said to me, honey, that thing you have been saying you want to buy, how much is it? She told the man the amount. The man gave him twice the money. How much? Twice. Instead of saying, my husband is stingy. Somebody else held the man's leg while he was in the third heavens and said, Hey, Sipusiso, every money you are making, you and I are one. It must come to me. Say amen, ladies. Stop fighting with that man. You have a form. I gave you a formula now. Wait for him to snort. Make him nice, pop and flakes tonight. Let him lie down and sleep. Once he doses off, hold his toenail. So hold his toe. In the name of Jesus, I compel all your money into my handbag. The next day, your destiny will blossom. Say amen, somebody. Am I communicating? I confess it. I'm, uh, Pastor, I'm tired of being single. That's not how to talk. Go and buy a wedding gown or hire one. Hire it for a week. Every morning, wake up, dress up in it, look at the mirror and say, this is who I am on my wedding day. I call that man from Guangzhou, China, from Toronto, Canada, from KwaZulu, Natal, wherever you are, I summon you into my life. Somebody say amen. That's how to get a good man. Amen. I'm single. There are no men in South Africa. Who told you? There are plenty of men. Plenty. Plenty of good men. Imagine me now I'm single. Can you, the woman I will marry is blessed. Ayah, Jesus Christ. And God is preparing that person somewhere. I say somewhere. Before you think, ah, apostle. Father, father. I call apostle. I call him. I, I, I bind in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Fire of the Holy Ghost. Don't call me, amen. I am marrying the will of who God say I will marry? I can't just marry anybody. At the level where I am, I can't just marry. Stop seeing vision. <laughs> if you stay with me one day, you will run. My lifestyle is insane. It's insane. You can't marry me. <laughs> one day, I was praying with my wife. <laughs> we were in Chicago. 
So we were praying in the hotel. I was just about to go and minister in the evening. So Rabbi Shabrada, and my wife knows once I start praying, it's only Jesus that will say amen. So we were praying. Mashi Rebada Bragada Yada. One hour. Bregada O Shigalabada. Father touch heal. Bless. Regabadaya. Two hours. My wife said to me, baby, it is you God called. You are the one preaching. I'm going to bed in Jesus' name. One time we were in New York. <laughs> Let me tell you, Master. Baby, you are in heaven. You are listening. Amen. <laughs> we, were, we were in New York. So I woke up in the night. <laughs> we, were in, we were not in a suite. We, were, we went, actually, we went to preach. So we finished. It was in Florida. So we flew to New York. Let's have one week of rest. So I'm in New York. And I woke up in the night. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for Africa. I pray for China. I pray for Turkey, I pray for Japan. I pray. I was calling the name of nations. My wife woke up, looked at me. He said, Baby, I am sleeping. Leave China alone. Can, can I sleep, please? <laughs> and you want to marry me? You have your oh Jesus. When I tap you and say, Wake up, I'm seeing a vision in China. You tell me, China, I need makeup. I say, which makeup? There is no makeup. We want God is sending us to China. Amen. No, I have to marry the will of God. I call apostle. You are not calling me. It's another apostle. It's apostle Sibusi, so you are calling. Say amen, somebody. Are you blessed in this house? I said, are you blessed in this place?